the time. You may be seated. Thank the Lord for the, His wonders to perform. I want to give you just a very brief summary as because I think the prayer chain and emails have been taking care of it in a, just a grand fashion concerning my wife. Oh, who knew one week ago today that within a few hours from this point in time that there would be an ambulance at our house and she would be on the way to the hospital. And she is now in her eighth day of being at the hospital. We are thinking, nobody knows for sure except the Lord and maybe a doctor or two who are keeping it a secret from us, that she'll be going into rehab this week for we don't know how long. They're speculating anywhere from two to four weeks, and one doctor has said four to six weeks. So we just don't know. We do know the one that does know. And we thank the Lord for his care. I will tell you that it has been an interesting week beginning with this lady falling about 14 feet stairways straight down into the landing. And the food that we had took home from the restaurant to eat our lunch did not get to eat uh, because it exploded all over the stairways underneath her and on her and around her. And I do thank the Lord, though, that he has spared her in the fashion that he has spared her. She will be a better person when she physically, when she is through all of this. I'm very grateful for God's hand upon her. I'm very grateful for your prayers for her physical well-being because she has suffered a lot of torment this week. And nothing that our Lord does not understand because he has been through everything that we have or will go through. I praise the Lord. We're glad to have everyone here today. There is so many gone, uh, some sick, some trips, just different reasons. And uh, But we're glad that you're here. We're glad to welcome Brother Martin to our congregation today as well. And we're going to turn the service to our associate pastor, Brother Harold Carr. Good morning. Good morning. We have to go back and check the tape, but I think Pastor maybe got a little excited and a big smile there when he said Joanne would be a new person when she came home. So we'll go back and look at that later and see. Just a couple of announcements before we open up with prayer. Um, do remember. February 5th, which is next Saturday, the ladies' breakfast. Um, now, if you look in the bulletin, they're having a ladies' breakfast at 9 p.m. But I think that might be one letter, a one-letter typo there. <laughs> I think it's 9 a.m. So uh, you'll be having breakfast at 9 a.m. or it's going to be a long day for you. you wait. <laughs> but uh, remember that next Saturday. And then a uh, men's meeting is scheduled for the 19th at 5 p.m. here at the church. So... That's the only announcements we got, unless somebody needs to share something. We can all stand and get ready to have prayer. Um, pray an extra extra prayer, Doris said, for the chiefs today, I think is what she told me. <laughs> is there any prayer requests anybody wants to make known? 
continue to pray for Joanne, of course. And Judy and Sonia. All right, just remember Chase. All right, just remember Chase. Is there another one? Molly? All right, just remember Molly's sister and brother-in-law. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, just remember Tammy. Yeah. Okay, all the unsaved loved ones. We have, uh, um, I forgot to put what I was looking for. <laughs> Unspoken request. Thank you. <laughs> you had to speak that. <laughs> I was I was signaling it, I guess, being an example. But uh, if you have an unspoken request, raise your hand. Yes, God knows each one. And let's pray this morning. God, we come to you at this time, Lord. And just asking that you would. Ushers come up, we'll receive uh, this morning's fifth Sunday offering. This would be for a, a building fund. So anything you give will go towards that unless you're marking on the envelope or on the check. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time, God. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to give, Lord, and to um, give to you, God. We just pray that you will bless this offering in a special way and, and just uh, be with it, God, that it will be used for your glory. In your name, amen. Thank you. 
priority, Lord, to allow you to move how you want to move in our lives, Lord, to allow you to move how you want to move in this church, Lord. Let's make room for you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I never will forget this song that we have just sang, I Surrender All, of being in an international camp. Some of you are around long enough that you may remember what they were. For those that were not around long enough, eh, just ask somebody. Essentially, what they were at the year that the summer camps would be over, there would be one, two, three, four, depending on the size of the camp, of campers that was selected to go to an international camp for further training as future leaders in our youth camping program. And it was a tremendous program, and people that were served in staff or were directors, of which I was one at that time, we would be part of the staff that would guide them. 
it was a tremendous power-laden camping scene that particular week. And this one occurred in Oklahoma. I, at that particular time, I had been ministering and assigned to the state of South Dakota. And I can recall very vividly how hot it was, Oklahoma style, compared to South Dakota style. And I also remember one particular evening that a young minister, me, that I was in a devotional that was being directed by one of the staff people. It was a tremendous devotional, and it was built around the theme, I Surrender All. And it really struck me hard. Here I was, been a Christian for a number of years, been a minister at that particular time for in the teens, I suppose. And as the devotional concluded, the director of the devotional gave everyone a blank piece of paper and invited us all to go to different areas of the camp, which we did, and to take our Bibles to pray while we were there and while we concluded our prayers, we were being asked to promote the theme in our heart, our lives, about surrendering everything to the Lord. And I thought to myself, as they played the song, I Surrender All, I thought to myself, that really is quite a thing when we say, I Surrender All. And I, uh, I'm not going to say that I struggled over it, but I really did meditate over that to, to think that everything belongs to the Lord. My life, my thoughts, my directive as a minister, a father, and a dad, and dad, husband and dad. And it just really was overwhelming to me. And one of my older brothers, ministers in the Lord, noticed that perhaps I was struggling with this thought for a little bit and came around and asked me what the problem was. And I told him, I said, this is quite a thing that we are doing when we say, we surrender all. And he had known me for a long time. He had known me even before I became a minister as a teenager. And he said, Cliff, he said, aren't you a licensed minister? And I said, yes. He said, how long have you been a licensed minister? And I told him, and at that particular time, it had probably been about 10, 12 years. And... Uh, he says, well, do you remember the day that you signed your minister's certificate and became a credentialed minister in the Church of God of Prophecy? And I said, yes. He said, do you remember the question 
that was on there before you signed your name. And I had to think for a moment, and I said, I can't tell you for sure that I remember the question. And he said, well, I'm going to remind you what the question was. The question was, are you free from self-will? Well, of course, that was already what the theme of the devotional was about, surrendering all free from self-will. And I said, yeah, I remember that now. I said, I've already signed this paper, haven't I? He said, sign the one for the devotion as well. And I did. And so when I hear that song that Sister Lisa, you and the abbreviated worship team, we have so many gone today, and one of them is listening in the hospital room right now, I can't help but think that when we surrender ourselves to the Lord, that we don't write in the details, as the devotional director was indicating on that blank piece of the paper. You just sign your name, spiritually speaking, because Jesus has already shed the blood and the, and the signature has already been signed, just waiting for us to accept it. Are you free from self-will? Now, last Sunday, I spoke on a subject that I had gave the title of What to Do When You Do Not Know What to Do. I had no idea at a week ago today that I would be repeating that title. I don't think the same uh, message as such, but this has been a week in which I have encountered the path my wife has of what to do when we did not know what to do. We've been there this week. Now, you have many times in your life. I don't want to put myself and make it sound like I'm superior in any way because you have experienced this as well. And Jesus has taught us in his word that in all things tempted as we were. He's been there too. And as some people would say, got the t-shirt, wore it and washed it and wore it again of what to do when you do not know what to do. The only thing that is going to connect up that, as far as I know, is with the first set of scriptures that I have, that I ended with last week. By that time, some of you were sound asleep, so you don't even remember it. But now that you're awake, you're going to remember the first set of scriptures that I used at the ending last week. And here we go. And since I don't think I can read the PowerPoint scriptures and my wife was not able to write my uh, outline and scriptures in 24 font, I'm going to have to do it the old-fashioned way and say, 
Uh, Joe, stand and read for me. No, that's the, that's the old-fashioned way. I never did quite go there. Uh, tried it one time, and, well, it met with disastrous results because a fellow who wanted to read wanted to preach too. But reading from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 through 6, The scripture says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Uh, Brother Harold, is that the same version that we, King James Version, that's on the board? Okay. I just glanced there, and I wasn't sure I was reading the same version, but uh, all my scriptures today from the King James Version. As I ended last week and began this week with this particular set of scriptures, very probably Solomon, the writer of these words, the scripture teaches us something that we need to have going for us. Just just to be very plain and grammatically not concerned about anything, what it is saying is what we need to be doing what to do when you don't know what to do. And very plainly, the Scripture is saying that you need to make sure that you're walking in the will and the light of God's Word. These Scriptures tells us that there is a promise, that there is a guideline that we should be following that says that if God has said it this way, that is the way it is. If God has said it another way, no need to debate the subject. It is the way he has said it. And that is what we need to do. But sometimes we reach that place in life that we do not know what to do. We do not quite understand what the Lord might be saying to us. Or uh, he may not be speaking at that moment. And we are being told by just good common sense and good knowledge of the Lord that he doesn't always tell us exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. That Sometimes we have to wait upon the Lord for his direction. But one thing the Word does tell us, the Word does tell us is that we must abide in His mercy, in His truth, in His path, and He will direct us. I think that is a beautiful psalm. We won't read all of it or we make reference to all of it, but the 23rd psalm comes to mind very vividly at this moment of how that the Lord shall direct our paths. 
when we acknowledge Him, when we seek to follow Him. The Scripture has said to acknowledge Him. Quite a, quite a comment right there. It's quite a thing, actually. Uh, you have surrendered, remember? You have gave your total self to the Lord so that you think, Lord, this is what you want me to think. This is the way the Word would tell me to do it. That's awesome, by the way. We, we don't often, not everyone often leads their life that way. But the Scripture indicates that we need to walk in His light, that we need to follow His spiritual direction, we need to obey His Spirit when it prompts, whichever way it prompts, and we will be blessed when we are able to surrender to do that when even the times when we do not know when to do it. I would like to bring you to John's writing, chapter 5, and read verse 30 to us today. The scripture says, I can of myself do nothing. Well, I'm just going to stop right there for a moment. We can of ourselves do nothing. Yes, almost a week ago, I was in that position. My wife and I had made a visit on our way home from church. We had stopped also and bought our lunch at a restaurant and had it in a bag, and we was going to take it home with us. And she wanted to carry it because she's a cook. It made her feel good. I'm sorry, dear, you probably don't really feel that way. And, of course, she's listening online, so that's the reason I talk that way. I not only got the Lord listening, I've got Joanne listening. Now then, as I think about that particular incident, where we can do nothing, I thought as my I heard my son say, Mom has fallen. I had no idea what she had done as far as the extent of the fall, but it was 13 or about 13, 14 steps that she fell straight down head first. And there was damage, of course, a broken leg, broken right leg, laceration all over the face, a left wrist that they had left alone because they didn't want to even begin to do that part on her. They just had it under control. But as it turned out, it was just badly bruised. And, uh, and it's going to be fine. And some other things. As I looked down those steps, the first thing that I noticed was I'd spent $40 on that lunch. <laughs> that wasn't the worrisome thing for me. But that, I'd seen that. It, the lunch had imploded all the way down those steps. I also noticed that my wife was not moving. She was at the bottom of the stairway, 
and it was very obvious that one leg was very bent uh, compared to the way it should have been, and that was because of the break in it. It was also very obvious to me that my son was there comforting her, holding her as much as he could, and telling mom, don't move, just be still, we've called 911, that type of thing. And at some point he's seen me and he says, Dad, don't come down. Well, I I wanted to, but I knew it wouldn't be any benefit to it and I didn't even know what the reason he was saying. I, I was thinking he didn't want me to fall on the spilt food all over the stairway and land on top of him and my, my wife. And uh, any of those things would have worked, of course, for me not to, to come down there. But, of course, there was much blood and much disarray everywhere. And I was several feet away. What could I do? I did not know what to do. And this verse of Scripture, I've just read to you the first phrase of it. It says, I can of myself do nothing. That's a knocker. It really is. When we realize that without the help of God Almighty, we're really helpless beings. Now, if you really want to jump ahead to Paul's writing in, uh, in Philippians, I believe it is, he says, I can do all things who, through God who can strengthen me. But, of course, the, the condition is put there already. Only if it's through God can it be done. But here, the words of Jesus, as recorded by John, chapter 5, verse 30, I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteousness because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. When we surrender all, when we reach that place, Lord, I know that I should do this, or I feel like I should do that. And yet we really don't have the strong direction of the Lord to do it. We are in a mode that we need to be waiting for the Lord to tell us how and when we're to move. It wasn't too long in this incident last week that I realized that I knew so much that it would fill the head of a pen. That I, did, I was at the mercies of everyone, God included. I seen for the first time in my life, let me rephrase that, I seen for the first time in many years in my life, my son praying. I seen my wife in much agony. I've seen her in agony before. But... This was another day, another time. She was hurting. And here I was. I could do nothing except just wait on the Lord. 
When the ambulance people came, they were so good. Miami County uh, people. Hope hope that offends none of you being in other counties, as most of you are. Very few of you even know where Miami County is, but it's a great place. Today it's 80 degrees down there inside of a nice warm restaurant that has a big kitchen. Today we can do nothing unless God is there to direct us. Unless God is there to enable us. So what is this all about? It's what to do when you do not know what to do. The acknowledgement, very simply analyzing this in the fashion that we sometimes do. We think we can help the pain. Maybe we can change the circumstances. And perhaps we can do all those things. But it's only when the Lord has guided us to be able to do that. What to do when you do not know what to do. I look at what is recorded in 1 Peter chapter 5. That's the wrong chapter. I'll get to it in a moment. Chapter 3 and verse 15. Unusual verse of Scripture in the application that we're using it today. The Scripture says, Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. One of the things that is so strong from this verse of Scripture is the fact that Peter is saying to his readers that we need to be able to do something but that it might not be nothing more, and, and don't take that as a belittling of the word there. It might not be anything more, perhaps is a better way to say it, than the fact that the Lord is going to be able to help us. That the Lord is going to help us. That the Lord will help us. To know that is perhaps one of the greatest answers to what it really means, and I don't want to make it sound like I, I've got an all-conclusive uh, answer to this arena of what to do when we don't know what to do, because I, I know that the Lord is the answer. But Peter also gives that answer, but he gives it in this fashion, to give it as a defense, that that is our armor. Nothing will be able to penetrate or move us from our position in the Lord. Regardless of the number of the steps that we fall. Regardless of the temptations that are out there. Remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ and all of them was tempted as though we were exposed to it in some manner. That he was exposed so that he is a human when here as a human would understand what you're going through. I think to myself today that as we look for the answers, we usually will turn to the fact that we 
will depend upon family, and boy, was I really happy to this. Not, not thrilled that it happened, but thrilled that it happened around my family, that they were there to help. That, that's a good thing to happen. That's a good thing to happen. But it don't always happen that way. It happens other ways as well. Some of you have experienced that. Sometimes we think, oh boy, I got insurance. That's a good thing. And by the way, uh, the pastor and wife has good insurance. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm very thankful for it. It's not always been the case over the years, but it, it has been for a number of years. I'm grateful for that. But you know what? I didn't think about the insurance. I didn't think about the fact that it happened in my own, my son's own house. I did not think about the fact that it's going, I had a cell phone, everybody in the room had a cell phone, and we could call here, call there. Those things were all available to us. What I thought about was, Lord, we don't know what to do. We must have your help. And it's the day pursued I was learned as I told my wife by and the ambulance that I wouldn't even be able to go to the hospital that I would not be permitted there it was either me or my son and it was far better for my son to go than me never in my life had I ever had that power that grasp taken from me never what to do when you don't know what to do. Very simply, don't make it complicated. Don't try to make a, a big deal out of this mountain. God is the creator. He created you and I. He put this world into existence just by speaking the word. The Lord knows and understands every circumstance that there is out there. Oh, what would we do without the Lord? I think about what Isaiah, the prophet, said, as recorded in the 45th, 41st chapter of the book of Isaiah, and at verse 10. Notice what the Word says. Fear not. We're looking. Isaiah 41 and 10. Fear not. For I am with you. Are we at the same place? I don't know what you said. It's there. It's there. Oh, okay. In other words, you guys hadn't caught up with me. Is that right? Okay. Compassion's good for the soul. But look what the Lord says. The prophet says. He said, Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. He said, I am going to strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I hope you knew that verse was there. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I understood that it was worded exactly that way, but I, 
in part, I knew the verse was there, referenced it many times, and been referenced to me many times. But think about this. What to do when you do not know what to do? We got answers. Oh, it doesn't say six inches this way and 12 inches another way and so or many miles or feet or anything like that. It does better than that. It says, don't fear. I'm going to be with you. You just can't get a better deal than that. Don't be discouraged because I am your God. Oh, thank the Lord. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want to tell you something that my wife and I have privately said as we held hands at our bedside, not knowing what the therapy is going to consist of, not knowing how long she'll be in rehab, not knowing if there was a reason other than the fact that they felt like it was important to do a CT scan on her stomach, not knowing any of this. The spirit of prayer came over me as I held her hand, and I began to pray. I'm going to pray now. Dear Lord God, I have many times in my life not known what to do. Lord, many times as the sun sets and the sun rises, I have not known what you're going to do or cause me to do. And Lord, as I held my wife's hand with us crying like babies, we understood that you knew every pain and every ache. Indeed, Lord, with over 60 years of ministry in our lives, you've been there every step of the way. You've never left us and you've never forsook us. But Lord, there's been many times that we have not known what to do. We have not known how it's going to get done. But Lord, today, as it was the other day, and it, as it is in your word for today, tomorrow, you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. You'll be there to strengthen us all the way. And dear Lord, I do not want this message to sound so selfish that I don't think anyone else has problems because I know in just recent weeks we've had deaths in the church. We've had sickness in the church. We've seen heartache. We've seen physical ache. We've seen spiritual ache. Lord, just right here 
in our own congregation. So, Lord, I know I'm not praying a selfish prayer, except for the Lord, I'm praying for all of our folks. I'm praying for everyone, because everyone at some point has not had the answer, does not know what we're going to do. Some have lost loved ones from months or years ago, and today they're still hurting, but God, you're able to take care of their pains, and you'll be with them. Lord, I want to read your word one more time from Isaiah 41 and 10. Lord, your word says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will behold you with my righteous hand. Now, Lord, I thank you for your word. But, Lord, I feel, I feel like I want to read this again. The scripture probably is on the, on the PowerPoint. So if you'd like to read the words with me, you read them in your own way because it, we all enunciate different ways and some of us preachers, we've got our way of enunciating, but just go ahead and read it if you can or read it to yourself. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Never forgetting, the Lord doesn't always immediately say yes. He doesn't always say immediately no. Sometimes it's not yet. But nevertheless, the Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be with us all the way. Wonderful God in heaven right now. Everyone just bow your head if you will. You talk to the Lord in your way and in the fashion that you wish. Praise God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for all that you've done all that you're going to do. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This presentation today, perhaps it's been a little, no perhaps to it, I know it's been a little different because of the way I normally preach, but this is what God had for me, and that consequently is what he had for us. And so I leave you with God's word which says again, Fear thou not, 
for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And let me say it again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you stand? Thank <laughs> you.